Welcome another episode of Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights here with Rich Klein. We're going to talk about 1971 Topps baseball cards. Again, part of uh, Rich's uh, childhood experience, part of my kind of that was toward the end of my college career. So I wasn't a contemporaneous uh, 71 Topps collector. I kind of the first set I really jumped back in with after college was 72, which you know, we talk about whether that's a better set, but it's uh, uh, they're actually very different, 71 and 72. So we're going to talk about 71 Tops. Uh, thanks sponsors, especially Tops. Work for you, Tops. We wouldn't be talking about this episode, um, as well as Panini and Upper Deck, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggs and Scott Auctions, uh, ComC. They've got 80 pages of, of, uh, of uh, 71 Tops listings and uh, exceeded only by perhaps the number on Beckett Marketplace of all the 71 tops that you could uh, dig in and buy. They're, they're not hard to find in, uh, in uh, mediocre condition, in, in really strong condition with the black borders. They're very tough. So uh, again, thanks sponsors. Thanks, Rich. We're going we're gonna to talk about all things 1971 tops baseball. So Rich, you probably collected them right out of the pack. I did. I, I remember opening 71 rat pats in 71. I wish I'd saved those. Obviously I never opened them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and what's interesting with 71s, I actually found high numbers at the local like stationery stores, which I really didn't find for 70 or 72, but I did on 71. 71s were a little more accessible, for at least for me, for whatever reason, I got those at state, you know, in the local, what they call stationery stores in those days. You're talking about high numbers and you're talking yes. about, uh, about the, the, the rack packs or the cello packs? Or the, the basic wax packs. Okay. By the last couple series, they were just basic wax packs, but I was finding them. Where I wasn't find where I didn't find any packs of like seventy or seventy two of the last couple of series at the stores where I did with seventy one. It's just a fascinating. I don't know why New York kept getting them all year long, but we got them all year in seventy one. Where I never didn't necessarily get them in seventy and seventy two. Interesting, you know the the high number distribution. I mean that was back in the day when they were when Tops was uh, not putting things out uh, altogether. That didn't really happen till seventy three, but seventy one high numbers are tougher for sure. For sure. oh, they're tougher. I'm just saying, I just found them. You know, I I, I handled 71 high numbers yeah. when they came out. Yeah. But I got packs of 71 the last two series when they came out. I yeah. didn't for the other years, which is just a fascinating, yeah. fascinating thing. And it's also fascinating because 71 is like 70 in that the semi-high series, 524 to 643, is loaded with stars and superstars. Why tops weighted? I mean, if you look Clemente, Frank Robinson. Ernie Banks, Harmon Killebrew. There's a ton of great players. Oh, Willie Mays is number 600. For some reason, the fifth set has the biggest, the fifth series has the biggest conglomeration of the superstars of the day than almost any other year. And that, that to me has always been a fascinating thing. What happened? Why 71 was... Okay, so maybe they, uh, I don't know that I want to give them... Well, I mean, I'm sure they had marketing experts, uh, you know, because it was still a you know, a multi-million dollar business in those days. So what, what did they, I mean, was, was this like a, a second push toward the end of school to where they wanted to make sure kids were going to, were going to still be collecting that they were holding back for a second wave because, you know, maybe this is May and kids are getting out of school and they've got to make the kids are going to have the buzz. Hey, open the, the new cards. They've got these players. Any possibility of that? I think that's part of it. And I think the other part, and when we, we don't do a lot of pre-show prep, but we were talking about the inserts they put into 71 tops, the coins and the scratch offs. And I wonder, you know, and there's no paperwork or, you know, there's no email trail and probably no memos around from those days. But I wondered if they thought the extra push for the early series were the inserts. And then once they stop putting inserts in the pack, let's put the better players in the pack to finish the set. And, and that'll be, that's that series uh, push. 
instead of putting instead of the inserts, let's put the best players in. So, uh, and I do, I haven't uh, handled stuff like that in a long time, and I'm just wondering. So, what you're hypothesizing is that maybe the fifth, sixth, seventh series didn't have inserts. That's that, I'm the points and the scratch offs were in the first, second, third, fourth series, perhaps. Right, I think it's like two, three, and four that they have inserts or two. Or so two. they don't need them for the first series because it's fresh. Right, and then. Uh, yeah, the coins and scratch-offs. And then by the time you get to the fifth, sixth, seventh series, their tops is probably only replenishing stock of the outlets that are sold out. Maybe that's another part of it. And then and they already have a track record. They've got customers coming in to the local store. You know, I always thought the rack packs were in different types of stores. Well, the rack packs... Like grocery or something like that. I think I got the rack packs in 71 in a bicycle shop out of all places. Interesting. You know, there was a local bicycle shop that had 71 rack packs. What? Hey, 54 cards for 39 cents? That yeah. beats 10 cards for a dime. Let's yeah. buy those packs. Well, not only that, you can see what you're getting. And right. it, what amazes me is that there's so many rack packs of some of those years still around that are unopened. When uh, favorite players, or hey, they didn't all sell. So that was actually fair. Those were, and there's no gum in them. So you don't worry about, you know, where you keep them because you're not going to lose, you know, it's, the gum's not going to go and. So it's easier to keep rack packs than it is anything else on one level because the box, you know, the cases, if you ever saw the rack pack cases, they're small. So I'm sure the boxes are small. You fit them in. You don't remember you have them, but there's no food stuff in them. So it's not like anything's going to spoil or get bad. Yeah. What uh, the, the 71 tops have the notorious uh, uh, black uh, borders that easily chip. And, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of, of uh, doctoring up cards, but, you know, I, I wonder how many kids took a black uh, Sharpie or magic marker, whatever they had back in the day and just, you know, colored it in a little bit. Yeah. And I know people kept trying and trying and trying and Bill Henderson for fun said the best way to do it once was he had some way that he said was the best he'd ever seen. And somebody else had ways that they said, and you know, and you're right. We were kids. We did that because we want them to look better. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the facing the card, is I'm totally against defacing a card or, or, or kind of trying to uh, trick somebody. But if it's your own card and you're not selling it, you're just you know putting it in a plastic sheet or something. Yeah, you can do whatever you want to. That that's not a crime. But to try to take advantage of somebody to and hopefully the grading companies are able to. I, I think you could pretty easily tell with black light or something that that something's been colored in because you can't. It's 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 a it's a different process. Uh, yeah. The stock on the back. Uh, I never thought that 71 tops had good cardstock. Because kind of like gray card, you know, kind of like recycled cardstock. It didn't, but there was one thing I loved about, there were two things I loved about the 71 bats. Yeah. The photo. There was a horizontal bat. You had a photo of very player. Right. right. You also had stolen bases as part of the stats. It was the first year Tops had yeah. stolen bases in. And so, you know, in those days, stolen bases were important. Just, just as not how fast or slow most players were. So seeing that really helped you as well, understanding the overall skill at least offensively of a player, you know, and the pitching stats were, I think even more than they were in their basic tops cards. So there's a lot of really good things about the backs of 71 tops. You don't find them hard to read. No, they're, they're, they're always read black on gray. I never have, well, then again, I was young, but I never had an issue reading the backs of 71 tops, okay. you know, and the photo to me really helped. Yeah. Now that, that, again, that, 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 that personalizes it, but it's, uh, you know, were there, do you feel like 71 tops uh, that, that was in response to the fact that there were, a fair number of interesting uh, action poses on the front. I did. That's the first year at Tops put action po- real action poses into cards. So you have, you know, Thurman Munson card number five, 
you know, that's technically the first in action card. That card is actually more popular than the Munson rookie. There's a Bud Harrelson card where in the foreground is one Lynn Nolan Ryan. There's a Chris Short where leading off second base is Peter Edward Rose. You've got interesting people on the on the cards that aren't the players pictured necessarily. So I think that was a big step forward for Tops to have actual game action photos in the cards. This and they like it so much that 72, there's an inaction basically subset. You know, I'm, again, I didn't do homework for this. I mean, does 71 have just uh, not career stats on the back? Just the, It has season and career. It has, it has the 1970 season and then underneath the career stats. That's what I'm saying. That's That, that was a, the short form, and that's, to me, less desirable. Was that right. the first year they went back to that after a while? Or? And then they went back to the full stats in 72. But you 70, know, the, they had everybody, they had all the car. Right. Know. 71 is an anomaly. It was an anomaly. It's, it's fascinating. But there are a lot of positives. We can use using that old term positive tone. There are a lot of positive tones in the 71 set. If you like photos on the back, if you like having stolen bases at it, if you like more stats than on the, the, the other years of top scores because they were able to do the horizontal format and stretch them out. So there's a lot of positives to what they did in 71. You know, if we, if we don't worry about what the, you know, if we're not a pure condition guys and we just like looking at the backs of the cards, there's a lot to be said. You know, one of the great things about Tom C is you can take a virtual tour through the 71 top set and read all the backs you want, whatever size you want to read the cards at. No charge. That's true. And no charge. Uh, you know, I'm wondering, you know, cause tops uh, has not always been a public company, but they've always been a company that's, that people could write to and express their opinions. And I'm just wondering in 71, I doubt they had a bunch of people complaining about the black borders because that wasn't a thing in those days. In fact, it, they really looked pretty, pretty attractive. Uh, but the lack of career stats on the back, the fact that they went right back to it in 72 means maybe some kids, some young, young people, some collectors said, Hey, that's not fair. We, we, we really expect you. There, there weren't a bunch of, uh, there wasn't the internet or ways that you could know, uh, see somebody's career unfold uh, year by year. So, what do you think? I mean, I, I think it's very got the feedback and they said, don't do that. And I think it's also interesting because 71 tops football also has like full color fronts like that. Not as bad as the black borders, but if you know 71 football, they've got red borders and green borders. Yeah. And I think they've got multicolored borders for the all pro cards. So they, in 71, they just loved having those, those colored borders instead of the traditional white borders. And they're full bleed. And you they're know, full bleed. The technical printing term, which means, you know, that the edges are going to be susceptible to be very visible if there's an imperfection there. And so again, that that's that's cool for the for BGS and PSA and SGC and graders, but it's um, you know okay. Now uh, in 2020, Tops uh, has kind of done homage to 71 uh, Tops design. Uh, how is it that those they just look so much like they're in so much better condition? Is that just because they're fresh or it's new printing technology? I think it's a new printing technology because I obviously it's it's the Tops Heritage set, which every year is my favorite set. And a shout out to our good friend, Mike Ruthman, who makes sure I get a Heritage box every year. He's one of your sponsors. And he read one of my columns once and says, Rich, I'm not going to let you not have a Heritage box. You know, and so I'm still waiting for him to catch my check. Hint, hint, you know, that, you know, I'm a Heritage box. Uh, but I appreciate the fact that he knows how much I want to get each year's heritage, just because, especially now, those are the sweet spot years I collected. And so when I got the cards, and to Tops credit with heritage, now all the variations, they're noted on the back by the numbers. You know, like if it's the flip stock or if it's the action pose, above the number, they actually put what the variation is now. So you're, if it's even if it's a minor thing, you'll know immediately if you look at the back what it is. But I've had a blast opening 
the two boxes of heritage I've opened because my, I bought one the day it came out of my local card store and then I opened Mike's later and I went two for two and getting autographs. I was very, very pleased on that. And then I also bought one mega box at Walmart about a month ago and I got a, a top of uh, Roland Acuna, Ronald Acuna Jr. card and I got a Jersey card. So, I mean, I've done very well. But having said that, it's just been a blast to remember the past and remember what these cards look like. Well, that's a good note to end on because basically, you know, that's the point of this podcast and that you and I both, I think, embrace is that the old and the new can come together. And so we're going to be doing some episodes to talk about then and now and, and the similarities. And I'm just trying to figure out, Rich, I, don't, I can't think of anybody that's really against uh, the heritage, the, the, the various uh, legacy and throwback uh, sets and designs that pretty much all the, all the companies do uh, to evoke, uh, you know, the past. So who's against it? I don't think people are. And it, anything like a Topps Heritage that encourages a set building, to me, that's a good thing. It may not be for everybody, but it's for, for a lot of people. So well done, Tops, back in 71 as well as 2020. Thanks, Rich, for uh, coming on board. Thanks, listeners. Be back again tomorrow with uh, another episode.